revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's very important. This book is about Jesus primarily, not the last days primarily. People all the time when they study the book of Revelation, they're like, oh, this is about the mark of the beast, the Antichrist. No, it doesn't say the revelation of the Antichrist. It doesn't say the revelation of the mark of the beast. It doesn't say the revelation of the end of time. It says it's the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Today we join Pastor Daniel in beginning a series in the final book of the Bible. It's the book of Revelation. And yes, you probably already have an idea of what this book is about. Maybe you've even studied this book before. As you begin, Pastor Daniel wants to remind you of a purpose of this book, and it isn't to predict the end times. The book of Revelation is meant to tell you more about Jesus. That's where your focus should always be. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Revelation chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. I remember when I came to know Jesus in the springtime of 1998. So for some of you, you're like, oh, Fusco's so young. And others of you are like, he's so old. But it was, it was literally, it was the spring of 1998. And because I didn't get saved, I didn't come to know Jesus through a church. I just had some buddies who knew Jesus. And like, well, you should just read, read the New Testament. I was in the very end of college. And so I had already finished my major and everything. So literally at my last kind of three semesters of college. I just played music the whole time. I took some music classes. I was just getting my credits. I was a music minor. So I remember I didn't have a lot of exams and any exam that I actually had that was legitimate, I took past no credit because I was at the end of it. So it's like, I was really just, just kind of sliding into graduation, but I got saved. And so my buddy's like, listen, you should read the Bible. And so I started reading the new Testament. I remember reading and I was reading pretty quickly because I was just playing music and I didn't have a lot of other reading to do. And I remember when I got to the very last book of the new Testament, the book of revelation. And I was just like, whoa, what is this all about? You know? And I remember I read, so I read straight through the new Testament. I get to the book of revelation and then I read the book of revelation four times because I'm like, this is not like the other books. And then like, I haven't seen this before. And I really had no clue. I'm like reading it. And I fancy myself as like a decently intelligent person, but I just realized I had no clue what this was about at all. So I just like, well, I'll just move on. And I started reading through the New Testament and the Old Testament at the same time. And I remember when I got to the end of the, the New Testament again, I read the book of Revelation again, and it made less sense to me than it did the first time around. And I was just like, I don't even, like, what do we do with this? And then later on, as I got a little bit older, I, you know, I heard that there's these things called Bible commentaries where people like actually, they're gifted and they're, and they're well-read and they, and they would, you know, write these books and, and there were some on cassette tapes. If you don't know what a cassette tape is, it's little plastic thing with a little tape in there. It was like the precursor of the compact disc and the precursor of digital media. And I would listen to people talk about it and then it made a little bit more sense. And I've spent my whole life now since then at different times doing deep dives into the book of Revelation. And so I'm really excited that we get to study this book 
together. And so I hope you brought yourself a notebook or you got your notes app on your phone. But rather than me talking a lot, let's just jump right on in. Open up to the last book in your Bible, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. If you didn't bring a Bible with you today to Crossroads, there's Bibles out in the seats in front of you. You can pull it on out. Just turn it over to the end and just start flipping back and there'll be the book of Revelation. We'll be in chapter one today, Revelation one, taking verses one to eight together. So if you just turn to your left and go all the way past chapter 22, 21, back past down 14, 13, 12, all the way down to chapter one. If you get another book other than Revelation, turn back to the right. You overshot a little bit. Now, here's the thing I'm going to say as we're going to jump in here is that if you've never studied the book of Revelation, I'm excited to be the first one to get you kind of going in this and to help you understand it. If you've studied the book of Revelation a lot, there's really two types of people who've studied the book of Revelation. One who they studied a lot of one position on the book of Revelation. And those are the people who are the most angry with everything that you say that doesn't line up with what they've been told. And if you're in that category, I'm praying for you. Anger is not a fruit of the spirit. And so just a reminder, so if that's where you're coming from, like I super respect that you've studied and learned, but I get it, but it's like, don't be angry because Jesus isn't angry, except when in the book of Revelation, he's doing some righteous anger, but that's a different discussion, but you're not Jesus, so don't forget that. Or there are people who study the the book of Revelation from lots of different positions, and they kind of just throw their hands up in the air like, hey, uh, I don't really know what to do with this. And if that's you, then we'll have some fun because you don't know what to do with it, and neither do I, and so we'll work it out together. No, I'm just kidding. I do know what to do with it. And the reason I know what to do with it is because I've actually read the beginning. You know, believe me, look at what it says. First one, Revelation 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ to all the things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. And then verse four begins this way, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Now we'll stop right there. Now, the reason I can joke and say I know what to do with it because you have to realize right from the get-go, it says that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's very important. This book is about Jesus primarily, not the last days primarily. People all the time when they study the book of Revelation, they're like, oh, this is about the mark of the beast, the Antichrist. No, it doesn't say the revelation of the Antichrist. It doesn't say the revelation of the mark of the beast. It doesn't say the revelation of the end of time. It says it's the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. So this is a book that is what we could call Christocentric. Jesus is the center of this book. And any way of interpreting it where Jesus isn't continually the center of the book actually is an adventure in missing the point as interesting as it might be for us. Now, the word revelation is very fascinating because that is the word in the Greek language that is transliterated from the original language as apocalypsis, which we get our word what? Apocalypse. Now, when I think of the word apocalypse, I'm always hoping Bruce Willis is around and some sort of a space shuttle. (laughs) Or there was that movie where there was aliens coming up to the South Pacific. Today is the day we end the apocalypse. It's like, no, you can't end the revelation of Jesus Christ. Stop it. But I don't want to be overly theological about that. But the idea here, that word apocalypsis or revelation, if you were to look at the foundation of the word, they call that the etymology of it, where the word comes from. The word revelation literally means to open up a box to see what's in it. It's open up a present and see what's inside. So 
the revelation of Jesus Christ, this very unique and complicated book at the end of your New Testament, it is designed to unwrap and open up for us the character and the personality of Jesus. And at every turn in your life as a follower of Jesus, God wants to give you this gift of the unpacking or the unveiling, the revealing to us in our hearts and minds and spirits who Jesus Christ is. Listen to what uh, Jesus himself said, Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 to 17. Jesus said to his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So when Peter rightfully says that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, immediately Jesus tells Peter, hey man, you are blessed, but guess what? Nobody told you that. My father showed you that. And no matter where you are on your faith journey, Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. And if you, I remember on the day that I put my faith and trust in Jesus, I understood some things. And now for over 20 years, each and every day, God is continually wanting to reveal things to us. So there's never a, I have accomplished, like, you know, many of us like doing to-do lists, right? Because there's something so fulfilling about checking that thing off the list, right? It's like it's over. There's no checking off the I know and all that I can about Jesus. You can be walk with Jesus your entire life super closely. You have, ne- you have not completed understanding who Jesus is. Now, in the same way, I was thinking about this because I had talked to Pastor Bill and I said, hey, Pastor Bill, when was the last time you taught the book of Revelation at Crossroads? He's like, oh man, it must have been like the early 90s. So some of you were here for that and praise God for your faithfulness to keep studying along. I remember I first taught the book of Revelation kind of publicly in a church context in 2004 in the very first church fund I ever did in my home state of New Jersey. And I did a hundred messages through the book of Revelation. So it's a two-year journey, 2002 to 2006. And it was amazing because having taught it in a home Bible study before that and teaching it publicly and taking a long time going through it, there was all these things that I learned But what's been so beautiful, and then since then, about every two or three years, I would do a deep dive into the book of Revelation. Whether I'd be reading it, I'd be reading supplemental materials, listening to different things. And what's beautiful is, is I learned a whole lot of things in each one of those times. And then even preparing this series, there are things that I'm seeing in God's word that I had never seen before. And it just reminded me that God is interested in revealing Jesus to you and in you and through you. And this book, it begins, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is all about Jesus. And in some ways, I think the secret sauce to life in the spirit is when you realize your life is supposed to be Christocentric. Because our culture says your life can be self-centered. You put yourself in the center of your life. You design your life around all the things that you think that you want and and all the things that you think that you should have. And you pursue all those things, and that's life. But the thing is, is that's actually not the way life is designed. Jesus is supposed to be the center. Jesus is supposed to be the sun in the center of the solar system of your life where everything revolves around him. But our culture says you're supposed to be the center of your solar system, and everything's supposed to revolve around you. And what I always tell people when people are frustrated in their relationships, I'm like, hey, you know, when you realize that everything doesn't revolve around you, it can be quite disconcerting. 
but it was never supposed to in the first place. So really this book is designed to help us, you and I, to realize that what God really is interested in is revealing Jesus to us. And what I would say is that people say, I want to know who I am. And I always like to remind people that biblically, you will only know who you are the more you know who Jesus is. Because you are not an autonomous self. You are a self with a reference point. That's why our culture today and for a long time has been so off the rails is because everybody says, I am an autonomous self and I can define myself however I want. But the thing is, that's just not based in reality. There are all sorts of God-given and scientifically proven limitations. You can't do anything you want to do. There are all sorts of points that hold us on to this is who I am. And I'm here to tell you, the only way you can really know who you are is to know who Jesus is. And when you come to know Jesus and you begin that journey as somebody who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, that is the beginning of understanding who Jesus is. And as we continue to walk with Jesus, God continues to reveal, unpack, this is who Jesus is. And we continue to realize more and more, this is who I am. And normally when we realize this is who I am, if you're really walking with Jesus, the heart response is the, what the Bible calls repentance. When you realize, gosh, why did I always do that? I shouldn't have done that. Why did I act that way? I shouldn't act that way. Why? Because as we're coming to know more and more about Jesus, we're more and more aware of all the different ways that we fall short. What the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what I can tell you is that as you walk in the apocalypsis of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus, there will be more and more repentance in our lives. More and more us seeking forgiveness. More and more us turning away from habits and styles of living. And that's the beauty of the Christian life. The beauty of the Christian life is not only that we get to go to heaven when we die. The beauty of the Christian life is that we get to experience and know God on this side of eternity. And we get to change. I always, people, people say, well, if I come to Jesus, you know, is he, is he going to change everything? I'm like, hopefully. That's my, I want him to change everything in me. Because there's so, there's, there's beautiful things. And then there's things that you're like, that's just, this doesn't cut the mustard. Even though I have no clue what cutting the mustard means. Every time I say that, I'm like, what does cutting the mustard mean? I mean, side note, you're welcome. So this book is all about Jesus. Now, I think we need to notice a couple things here. Now, notice, it's the revelation of Jesus, which God gave him to show his servants, right? And then it goes down a little bit more in verse 1. It says, and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, really what you see here is there's this five-fold mode of transmission. It comes from the Father to the Son, from the Son to an angel, from the angel to John, and then ultimately John to the believer, because by the time you get to verse 3, John is writing this as a letter to churches. So there is this, it's from the Father to Jesus, from Jesus to an angel, angel is the intermediary to John, and then John out to the people. So there's this mode of transmission. And don't miss the fact that it also says things which must shortly take place. You see that in the middle of verse 1? 
Now, it, it can be very challenging because shortly can also be translated quickly or swiftly, right? But the question becomes is like, well, if it's going to shortly take place, what does that mean? And then we have the added bonus. I'll just throw it out there for you that the Bible says that for God, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. So the question is, is this happening swiftly, quickly, or shortly in God's way of seeing time or ours? And you know what the answer is? I don't know. But that's what it says. So really, this revelation of Jesus is about things that are on the heels, things that are coming quickly. But the key to all of it is, we need to remember that this is a book about Jesus. And really, everything in your life is designed to reveal Jesus to you. Now, from there, notice what it says in verse 3. It says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Now, I would say it to you this way. Brothers and sisters, you and I, we should be blessed. We should be blessed. Because blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. So what that means is I'm blessed for reading it to you. And you're blessed for hearing it. Now, if you've been around Crossroads for a while, every time we see the blessings of the Bible, how do we translate that? Crazy happy. Because there, in the book of Revelation, there are seven of these beatitudes. This is just the first of them. Now, for those of you who like to take notes, I'll give you all seven of them. But you can just look blessed in the book of Revelation up. But you can find all the beatitudes of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 14, verse 13. Chapter 16, verse 15. Chapter 19, verse 9. Chapter 20, verse 6. Chapter 22, verse 7. And 22, verse 14. There's seven of these blesseds. Now, of course, in the Greek, and I talk about this in my book, Crazy Happy, as we're looking at the Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5, but that word makarios, which literally means, oh, how happy Oh, how blessed. Oh, how fortunate. Oh, how lucky. It denotes somebody who gets something that they don't deserve and they feel gratitude because of it. So right here, you find that just from hearing and reading this prophecy, there is this blessing that comes. And I call it crazy happy because God's plans for our happiness come in weird places. Like whoever thought that reading a book with these angelic visions and with these vile judgments and trumpet judgments and bold judgments and all this imagery will make you blessed. The reason we get blessed is because it reveals to us who Jesus is. So I want to encourage you to be blessed. Listen to the beatitude of Revelation chapter 22, verse 7. It says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, I read that one because you notice here, the happiness that God offers us is not only in reading and hearing the words of this prophecy, but notice the middle of verse 3, and keep those things which are written in it. Now, this is important because God's plan for all of our lives is not that we just hear the word, but we do it as well, right? We studied the book of James together, and we found that faith without works is dead, So really what God is interested in is not just us hearing the scriptures, but he's interested in us in hearing the scriptures and by faith, walking them out, putting them into practice. And all through the scriptures, what you find is that God wants to change our lives, not just the beliefs that we have. A true belief that is transformational changes your life. Now, we're not saved by those works. We're saved into a life that is changed. 
Does that make sense? So like when you go back and you read Matthew chapter seven, the beautiful story of the person who built their house on the rock, it says the person who hears those sayings of mine and does them. So brothers and sisters, I always want to encourage you when you read something in the Bible, the question is, is how do I do this in my real life? Because really, if wisdom is the right application of the right information, if you're hearing the Bible, you're getting the right information, but you have to apply it to your own life and only you can apply it to your own life. I can't do it for you. No, but your spouse can't do it for you. Your godly friends can't do it for you. You make your choices. And God doesn't want us just to hear the things. He's like, he wants us to do it. Put it into practice. One of the ways that I encourage people to do this is to not overthink things. Like, so when the Bible says you should serve people, then what should you do? Serve people. Don't think, is that person worthy? No, it's like we overthink ourselves into spiritual complacency. Now, when you start serving, you might realize this isn't the best context for me. These folks, you know, there's all sorts of issues. And that's another thing. But really, you can only steer a moving car, not really a parked car. I mean, you could steer a parked car, but it doesn't really move well. So part of it is you need to get going. And so we really want to, the blessing comes not just from hearing it, but now applying it to our lives. And I love this because in the first beatitude, blessed are those who read and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. There's this blessing for hearing it and keeping it. But then he says, for the time is near. And in Revelation 22, 7, it says, behold, I'm coming quickly. So once again, you get this statement of the imminency of when these things are going to take place. Right? And then I had you read already. Notice it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Now, I'm going to stop there because... I want to explain to you the primary ways people interpret the book of Revelation, why there's so much argument among scholars or Christians about how to interpret it. And I want to show you that the reason there's so much argument is because in the first three verses, in the first sentence of the fourth verse, we actually find out that there are three main types of writing that the book of Revelation is, which corresponds to the three main ways people interpret the book of Revelation. Now, this might be a little bit deep and theological, so if you're maybe just exploring Christianity or you're new to the faith and it kind of shoots over your head, don't worry about it. Just hear it, and you can think about it later or forget it, and it's okay. But if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, you want to know this. Now, the book of Revelation in the first three plus verses tells us that it's actually in three different genres of biblical writings. Now, you think about a writing genre. That is a type of literature that it is. Right? So just like if you were writing, right? You can write fiction or nonfiction, right? Fiction is something that is fake and nonfiction is not fake, so it's real life. But then within that, you can write in poetry, right? You can write in long form. There's all different styles of writing. And now the Bible is full of all different styles of writing. Right? There is gospels or their narratives or telling the story. There are letters. There's prophecy. There is poetry. Like the book of Psalms is poetry. Jesus is real. The book of Revelation can be intimidating, and many people choose to avoid it because there's so much to read and so many interpretations of it. But today, Pastor Daniel began the study of this book by reminding you that there's a purpose, and it's to know Jesus. This book shows you important aspects of the Savior of the world. There's a blessing waiting for you as you study. All those who hear and apply what they learn will be blessed. 
It says so right there at the beginning of this incredible book. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. We would love to connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find us on Facebook at Go, the number two, and Crossroads. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will bring up some of the different views of the book of Revelation. He'll talk to you about what each believes, where they get that belief from, and he'll even talk about how to determine which one is the correct view. You might be surprised by his analysis, so be sure to tune in. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.